Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and all the way from Australia is Misty Henkel. Are you having problems with your sales? Well, she knows exactly what to do for you, how for you to have these low-cost sales programs, and she helps hundreds of people every year increase their sales. How? We're going to find out how today. She has numerous programs, but a lot of people kind of, you know, you say sales and they start cringing. They have a wonderful product or they have a wonderful um, system or something that they want to share with the people. And the moment you put sales attached to it, it you know, they kind of become a snail and just don't want to move forward. Well, she's there um, with her very unique method of communication and she helps people build up their sales and never to be misunderstood and at times in order to be better understood she will revert to telling a story and that storytelling is something we can bring into our sales it's not about here's my product what are you going to pay me if we are, if we tell a story if we make people feel engaged if we feel that we're speaking to them they're more likely to want to buy also we've got to remember they've got to buy you before they're going to buy anything from you. So let's find out about all her wonderful programs that she's got going on here. She is an exuberant woman, full of energy, full of um, wanting to connect people, to inspire people. She embodies it all. She also runs a wonderful um, breakfast morning for people like coaches and things, people like myself to meet, get to know and support one another. So she's not just single-minded. She's very broad-minded on the people that she wants to help. But for some people, the word sales is, <laughs> so my queen, welcome to the show. She's wearing a crown for those that are just listening and not watching, because <laughs> she's the queen of sales. How do we overcome that big fear of sales? Oh, what a great question. So uh, recently I was at a networking event and the question was asked, what's your superpower of each person that was at um, the event? And I was last and the host who said to me, okay, so Misty, tell me what's your superpower? And then she chuckled and she said, although I know what it was, what it is. And there was a few other people at the group who knew me and they said, well, I know what it is too. And I asked them, um, what do you think my superpower is? And someone said empowerment. Someone said simplifying sales. Someone said you know, confidence. You know, I end up with confidence. I find everyone else ends up with confidence. But my superpower is in my ability to teach anyone how to sell, even the most reluctant person, and generally it's against their wishes. They end up speaking to me. <laughs> no, not me, not me, not me. Yeah, and within less than 10 minutes, they're like, dang, I'm never not going to be able to hear that. Right. Like I'm going to be able to do this for the rest of my life, even though I don't want to. And I've gone, yeah, that's pretty much how it is. Right. Um, the secret to overcoming sales anxiety is just knowing how did it come about in the first place. And here's yeah. where sales anxiety comes from. Because I've met many people, pretty much every person I've ever met, well, actually every person I've ever met has had some sort of sales training. Mm -hmm. 
And it's as simple as this. We get it when we're born. We cry, mum comes running. Mm -hmm. We're born with sales training. It's already in there. My youngest, he's now 11. Because he's the youngest, if you think of the youngest in a family, they tend to be noisier than everyone else. And they tend to yell and shout quite a lot to get their way. And I've been breaking it down from a sales perspective. How is it that you're doing this? Because I'm saying you could actually speak really nicely to me and I'll get you your way. But because you're yelling at me, Mm. that's not going to happen. But as the youngest, the baby, any baby will cry and the louder they get, the more they get serviced. Mm -hmm. And so I've got my eldest, so he used to cry and then he gets serviced. Then the little one, then the new one came in. And, of course, he had to learn to be quieter to get his way because the baby was the loudest. Mm -hmm. Of course, when you get to the baby of the family, there's no one to teach them to tone it down. So they always seem to be the loudest and the noisiest and the creakiest when they want their way. Um, And so it seems like they rule the roost, but it's because they haven't got someone younger to teach them. Yeah. Unless you keep having numerous kids and they keep teaching each other. Yeah, that's right. So there is a pattern. The next one will become the the hardest and the hardest one, right? (laughs) Right. So we all have some sort of sales training. Then, of course, you go into business and you might um, now there's so many courses that you can do. There's free courses, there's paid courses, there's, you know, books. There's all sorts of ways to learn how to do this. What I've found is pretty much everyone I have met has done some sort of sales training program, whether it be from a book or whatever. Uh, and yet still fail to sell on the other side. And I think that's a pretty unfair system for all the time, effort and and money that's been put into it to not be able to sell. So I spent time breaking it down. What is it that's stopping us from selling? And I know it's sales anxiety because the majority of people go, but I'm not a salesman. That's their line. I'm not a salesman. So anyone who's listening or watching me going, yeah, that's me, I'm not a salesman. They're not a salesman because they don't want to sound like a used car salesman. The the idea of a used car salesman, someone who's hammering at you, forcing you to buy something before you're ready or that you don't want. You know, someone that's trying to trick you into buying something before you're ready or something that you trick you into buying something you don't want. Um, You know, I don't have the gift of the gab becomes the line as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not a born salesman. Mm -hmm. I was never a born salesman. Um, I actually didn't talk very much growing up. And it wasn't until I was 18 I decided I wanted to be a barmaid to learn how to speak to people. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first day on the job, my dad said to me, your only job is to say, hi, how are you going? What would you like to drink? That was it. And I was working in a bowling club where I'd have 50 old guys out playing lawn bowls coming in to get one drink. They all got exactly the same, a midi of Carlton. And I say, hi, how are you going? What would you like to drink? Midi of Carlton. Hi, how are you going? What would you like to drink? Midi of Carlton. You get five people and they go, Missy, there's only one drink here. It's just midi of Carlton. Hi, how are you going? What would you like to drink? When I got good at that, pouring the beers and then taking the change and doing it, I then learned to say, and how is your bowls going today? How are you going? What's the weather like? So then I would learn to speak more. So even I, who speak so well now on any topic about anything, whenever, um, even I had to learn how to speak. And I didn't do that till I was 18. But it all came down to practice. But pulling apart sales, it comes down to this. Sales anxiety comes about for one purpose. Stuff costs money. Yeah, it does. You have to be listening or watching this and you've got a pen around. Write it down. Sales anxiety equals stuff costs money. So the first class I always teach is I just teach you that because stuff costs money, all we have to do is deliver the price. We don't have to worry what the price is. We don't have to worry what someone's thought of the price is. The majority of people aren't buying anyway, but they are curious. Mm -hmm. And so if we look at groceries, 
right? How do groceries sell themselves to us? Think of the groceries that are easy to buy. I mean, you go into the supermarket to buy milk, you leave with a yes. bag of groceries that yes. cost over $50. <laughs> How did it do it? Yeah. It sat there on the shelf with its price. Yes. We looked at it. We decided we shouldn't be doing it. We made an informed decision of I'll do it anyway and put it in the basket. Right. And at the end of the checkout, it costs over $50. We now have teachers. $50 and there's our complaint, right? Mm -hmm. The other side of this stuff costs money and people will complain about it all the time. Mm -hmm. As salesmen, if we just get used to the fact that stuff costs money, it doesn't matter what the price is, stuff costs money and that the customer will complain that they have to spend it, then all we have to do is wait for them to get their complaint out, stand there quietly and then let them proceed one way or the other. So, again, we go back to groceries. Stuff costs money. We've picked up all these things that we weren't on our list, but, you know, it was important. We talked ourselves into it. Well, then I don't have to come back tomorrow and actually I need this next week and I just really want that and I hadn't thought of that for a while. Oh, that looks nice. Yes. You know, whatever Time the idea is. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I deserve it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? So then we get there and our $3 milk now costs $50 for a bag of groceries. We have two choices. With our complaint of $50, oh, my God. How did that happen? I, I refuse to pay this. That's our line. Yeah. I refuse to pay this. As we feed the machine, yes. $50, and <laughs> go $50 and take the stuff. But we have two choices. Either put all the stuff back mm -hmm. or take it with us. Mm -hmm. And so we end you up. You grumble about the price, but it's in your hands That's now. Right. So as a customer, <laughs> we make an informed decision in the moment. And here's how the groceries sell themselves. They sat silently on the shelf with their price. Mm -hmm. They didn't convince us one way or the other. And then at the, the checkout in the bag, it sat silently waiting for us to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Because so if you think of the groceries as a salesman, because they didn't actually talk to us and said, or they did very silently say, I trust whatever decision you make. That's what the groceries are saying to us. I trust whatever decision you make and I don't mind one way or the other. Take me right. or leave. I yeah. don't mind. And I think that's a big point, actually, in sales, isn't it? Don't look too needy and certainly don't come across pushy. You can present what it is that you have for the price that it is. And if you've presented it in a way that is inspiring or enticing, they'll look at the, the dollar sign with it and go, you know what? Well, yeah, that's worth it. Or it's a bit costly, yeah. but you know, I'm going to do it. Or no, too costly. I can't do it. But it is don't come across too needy and certainly don't come across too pushy. Don't belittle the person you're trying to sell to because you think your product's so superior and if they don't buy it, they're an imbecile. And the trick <laughs> is by the time they get around to buying the product, it's not the product that they're after as much as the person that they're buying it from. One trillion percent. If they can't buy you, they ain't going to buy from you. Yeah. I'll give an example, right? So I sold furniture for um, a number of years ago, 15, well, more than 15 years ago, I sold furniture, right? So here in Australia, we have a store called Fantastic Furniture, and it's our everyday furniture shop, which I think if I was to compare to America, it would be Pottery Barn. Okay. Would be similar version, right, over in America, right? So it's the everyday furniture is where everybody can go. So I did that for a number of years, four or five years at least, going back 15 years ago. Then I had babies. Mm -hmm. So I worked for Apple Store and I did a few other things, but I had babies. There was about a seven-year gap, seven or eight-year gap. And then going back oh, five, six years ago, I sold 
furniture. I went back to the same store, worked on weekends and sold furniture again. Now, what I had done deliberately with this big gap in the middle was to see what was the difference because I like to run my, my sales experiments, mm-hmm. right? So every few years I used to go into sales jobs so I could see what's it like to sell face-to-face now, what's it like to sell in this particular way. So I might work at a call centre to go, what's it like to do things on the phone? How do people, do they want to talk on the phone? Do they prefer an email? Or So mm-hmm. I test out, I run these experiments for a length of time, right? So I went back on weekends and I sold furniture on weekends. Now, when I first was selling furniture, I was really great in the mattress department. And as a salesman 15 years ago, so 10 plus years ago, right, we had Google, but we didn't use Google and you could buy online, but we didn't use it as hard as what no. we use it now, no. right? So it's 10 plus years ago, many someone, industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone would come into the store and they'd say, um, I, I didn't sleep very well. I think I knew, need a new mattress. So as a salesman, I would say, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like it. So I would ask them some questions and they would answer my questions and I would talk to them about mattresses. I'd get them to lie down on a bed. All right. So notice this traditional sales training teaches the salesman to ask good questions, qualify the client and help them. Yes. Traditional sales training. Ten years later, when I go from the traditional stuff of they come in, they make a comment, they will listen to my questions, they'll answer my questions, I can qualify them and I talk to them about different things and I get them to demonstrate, like practice things, lie on the bed, see how that feels, see how that feels. And then we would pick a mattress. Ten years later, so all, you know, so after that 10-year-ago time gap, right, we use Google so much and we buy things online so much now, right, People were coming in to buy mattresses and I, I would decide to work in the mattress department again on weekends. They'd come in and they'd say, can I have this particular mattress? And they'd just tell me the mattress. And I'd think, mm. oh, that's interesting. Um, and I'd say, would you like to see it? No, I don't need to see it. I'd just like to buy it. Do you have it in stock? Yes, I have it in stock. And I think as a salesman, I don't think I'm doing my job properly. Because no, Google's I'm not done it for you. To them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? I'm not confirming that they're buying the right thing for the right Anyway, there was a particular mattress. The the lowest price mattress is a $99 single mattress. Now, this mattress is very much for a a toddler, a a a small child getting out of a cot and ending up in their first bed. Think about it. They're about three years old. They're learning to toilet train. They're going to wet through the bed a number of times. This mattress is going to end up getting thrown out while they get their new one later, right? Lightweight spring. So if an adult sleeps on it for too long, so you'll lose its shape. Very little padding, but, you know, children are light. Right. So I would get this, mothers would come in saying, um, can I have that $99 single mattress? Do you have it in stock? Yes, I have it in stock. Can I just ask you a question? Who are you buying it for? And I kid you not, every weekend it was the same answer. It's for my 15-year-old son. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Can I talk to you about that? Because that is not a mattress for a 15-year-old boy who's still growing. It's it's a lightweight mattress and and I would be very informative and I'd speak like this. I'm a nice person, like I'm an incredibly nice person. And I mean everything with so much love. And I would speak to them like this and they go, Yeah, okay. So tell me, um, can you tell me who'll sell me that mattress? And I'd say to them, Well, I'll sell you the mattress. I'm just saying it's not right for what you're after. Yeah. And here's what they would say to me, yeah, I don't want to buy it from you now. And I would get to the point of arguments with people because you know, I'm the salesman. Right. And I know more than you, the customer. And here was my biggest downfall, although great experiment, mm-hmm. right? But here's my downfall because that was my thought. And this was a really 
a hard and long lesson to learn, but such an important one. I'd start to look and go, why? If you went online, I can clearly tell you you went online. You know we have the mattress, you know the name of it, you know the price, and you know that it's in stock. If you look this up overnight and you know we have it. Why aren't you just going straight to the sales and buying it? Yeah. Why Why just complete it and go pick it up, right? And here's where it is. This is for everyone to truly understand. It's about the person you give the cash to. We can buy online, but we are so starved for actual attention with yeah. anyone else, right? And then COVID's made this even worse for us because we had to buy everything online. We're so starved for actual physical attention from anyone that they would come into the store and they would hand their cash to the person that said thank you and smiled at them. Right. Made them it feel didn't matter person. what they were buying. They just wanted someone mm-hmm. to say thank you for shopping with me. Mm-hmm. Now, they would have got a thank you at the warehouse when they picked it up, but it's not the same as handing the cash over to someone who says thank yeah. you. After all, they work very hard for their cash and they're not giving it out to a dummy, yeah. right? If I don't like you and you're horrible, I'm not giving you my cash because mm-hmm. you don't deserve it and I work too hard for it to hand it over to someone who's not going to treat it as well as I am treating it, right? So... That really became how it was. So then I had to learn how to settle down with my thoughts and opinions and then just allow that and just say thank you, which made it easy for them to continue shopping the way that they planned to. Now, moving forward as a salesman, I now have broken down that whole thing. Here's the thing. People go online. Customers today are very well informed. Our job as salesmen, because I bring this up before the traditional sales training, our job as salesmen from traditional sales training, ask great questions, has changed. Yes. Today, sales training doesn't work by the traditional methods of ask questions, ask good questions and qualify the client and help them find the right thing to answer the customer's questions. The truth is today, the only person who has good questions is the customer. And we salesmen aren't privy to all of their research. Yes. I think, yes, it's it's time for the salesman to actually look to the customer and say, oh, how did you find out about this mattress? Did you see it online? Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, why did you particularly choose this one? And uh, you could. Uh, did you look at this one as well? Because this one actually could do this and that. But so in that way, you're actually honoring the time that they've put in to look. You're honoring yeah. the, the the expertise in what they've decided they're wanting, but you're just giving them uh, another choice to make as a salesman. You know, but I really would thing. like you to look at this before you make a choice because I'd like you to make, the, you know, go away but with here's the right the thing. We salesmen, I hear what you're saying, and we think like this as a salesman too. I still know more than you do, but the truth is, is we don't. Because we don't know what they've researched. And when it comes to Google, and they've Googled everything, Google now isn't just what you find on the computer. It's what you've asked every friend and family member. Google now is anywhere where you've got information, absolutely anywhere. And we can't possibly fathom the research that they've gone to. Mm -hmm. So when they've decided to buy something, they've picked the right thing, Even, but we're not privy to the problem that they have. That's why you need to ask them questions. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We don't. We have to answer their questions. If we answer their questions, they'll do it to themselves. And how do I know this? Well, we do it at the supermarket every day. Now, on occasion, we get home and go, all right, so I bought the wrong thing. Poor choice there, but that was on me. Yeah. And now they've got no salesman to blame. Mm-hmm. That was on me. I can go back and buy the better one later. So they can change their mind. 
But if we look at it like this and let the customer get their questions out and answer their questions, because I've gone back and thought about it. Think about the parents that were coming in, getting a $99 single mattress for their 15-year-old son. Now, I thought what they wanted was a, a mattress for their 15-year-old son. But that's just what they decided to buy to solve a problem. Now, what if the problem was their 15-year-old son is a drug addict and homeless and mom just doesn't want him lying directly on the cement every night because it's cold? Mm -hmm. A $99 single mattress is a perfect solution. What if the problem is the 15-year-old son has now made it to 15 and for some for some reason, mom years ago lost contact with her son and she lives in hope that maybe one day he'll come over for dinner and allow him allow her to cook him a dinner. And if the bed was there, the option is that if he enjoys himself, he could stay, but it's never happened in 15 years. So if I have a bed, maybe that's the only reason he's never come over for dinner. Maybe. Yeah. What if? But we can was, we can what if a lot of what mom if, has you know? no money at all and, exactly exactly and, and, it could be this and is all literally she it's better than yeah. what he's currently got right yeah. so the problem is is that as salesmen we think we know the answer mm -hmm. but actually looking back I was a horrible salesman I told all these mothers that they were awful mothers and doing the wrong thing by their children when actually I had no idea what their problem was. And this is the problem that we salesmen face now is we're actually not privy to the problem. But, yeah, and we can't right. ask to find out. Right. This is something that, um, you know, I was involved with network marketing and so I've had so many people pitching things to me through the years. And it's like, you haven't asked me any questions. So how do you know that this product is what I need? Yes. Right? It is speak to me. I will actually reveal what it is I'm looking for. And then it's up to you to say, I've got that. But don't yeah. try and sell me something that I'm not at all interested in because now I'm just right. yawning. They don't even ask. They don't no. even ask. Do you they buy just this pitch. They pitch without. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Them. And it's like, you know, yeah, they're the old rah rah salesperson. You got to buy this, yeah. that, et cetera. You know, back off me. You know, We're all feeling like you know, that, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I do find, you know, on one hand, they are a poster child for sales. At least they're asking and trying, right, which the majority of the rest of the world, if you're not a network marketer, you're not even doing that most of the time. You're not even asking, right? So at least they're asking. But you can't ask on the first date, like as if you can't turn up to the first date with the minister in your wedding dress expecting to get married on the spot when you haven't met the person yet. I, I mean, haven't watched those reality shows. Give a little shows. bit of a chance <laughs> who you are, maybe second or third date, bring in the minister, but definitely not in the first five seconds of date number one. <laughs> right? So How to get rid of the least... man quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up in your wedding dress. Don't even bring the minister. Exactly. And then the oh. list of children's names. <laughs> <Yeah>. Out the <laughs> door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we but... live here at their house and, um, yeah, there's the children's names. Oh, what's going but, on? But, you know, like in the buying online, which, you know, has become a thing, and so many people are now are selling stuff from their site, whether it's a product, whether it's a service. And I'm still one of those old fashioned people. Maybe it's my age showing where, OK, I'm reading what you've got online here, but there isn't a person attached to it. I want to actually speak to a person to clarify. Yes. 
And yeah. I did this with my bank the other day. They, blah, 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 you know, do this on the site. And I go, but how do we do this? What does that really mean? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to just go click, 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 and I suddenly have obliterated my whole bank account or whatever. No, right? I want it's like, to talk to someone. The interesting yeah. thing is, in talking to somebody who represents the bank, didn't know anything about the special that the online was doing. You know, so very often now what we have is people here, information there, and we go, oh, it sounds good, click, and then regret, oh. regret. I think what we need to do as consumers for anything that we need is slow down. A, do we need it? Right? A, do we need it? Um, yes, you can research the best offer or the best this, the best that. But when it comes to something really important, like you're buying a house, you're buying a car, you're buying something that's a big money are going to last you a long time, you're going to take the time to do it. When you wow. are going into buying a new computer, or even, how long do we take to buying a new phone? Because we want to go for all the yeah. gadgets. Does it work? Does it do this? Does it do that? Can you do this? Blah, 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 blah. And that poor salesman is, is the person, yes, you could do that. No, you don't do it that way. You do it this way. And patience And it really comes down to the person who's yes. helping you, right? Because yes, it does, because we want that. We want people to answer the questions. Can we I come back to. and ask you a question if I run into trouble? Great, I'll buy it from you and not you over there. We will, as consumers, we can find the same product in two different stores. It could be $200 yeah. dearer at that one, but they'll go out and go, I will justify the extra $200 based off the person I'm giving the cash to. Well, see, the reason I spent it over there was because they're giving me this, this, and this. Now, we can have someone, our support group at home, our family member, our husband, our wife, or whatever, at the other end going, I would have saved the $200. Yes, but I actually need the help on this end. Exactly. Like, you know, we will yes. convince ourselves as to why we've paid for it. And it's interesting. The thing that we're paying for now isn't the product. The yeah. thing is the, the service. The customer it's service. It's got nothing to do with the product. The, the customer <laughs> service. We, yeah. we, we, you know, when we have a problem, we, what's the most irritating thing online? You can never talk to a person, right? It's a chat box, which is robotic. And yeah. um, even the new AI problem, uh, programs are smarter than these chat things. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, can you rephrase that? And all you want yeah. to do is swear at the damn thing. <laughs> because so that's it's not addressing. You don't know what department you yeah. need. You just know you have this problem and you can't get past the bot to get to even to a person on a chat. And when you do, they're talking to six people at the same time. And yeah. there's never a human to talk to. And so people will go and spend more money elsewhere where they can actually talk to someone for their yes. service because there is peace of mind it's less frustration and you've got somebody also that's still accountable for what you've bought yeah yep so that's the <laughs> coolest thing about me when it comes to my sales training so besides low-cost sales training it's low cost because i believe everybody should have this knowledge or has a large portion of this knowledge they just need to put it into a little bit of order to be able to utilize it right right it's interesting i learned all my sales i came from hospitality and retail so mm -hmm. we didn't have networking or business networking in right. those spaces and the jobs that i was in weren't ones that came with the sales program so you learn it on the job it was yes. through trial and error and i love to learn stuff about sales so then i would buy sales books so people tease me about my prices why is it 25 dollars for a coaching session why is it 35 dollars for a class why are your books 30 dollars um i said because ultimately all my classes really are the price of a book mm. i learned through a book i'd get a good idea i'd practice 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 you still have to do trial and error yes. right but i believe that we should all have this knowledge and so my goal is to help eight 
billion people, right? <laughs> that, to, to utilize the knowledge that half of it's already in there and then just sort of put it into sort of a way to use it. But um, the thing about me is I talk to you. I mm. answer the phone. I, I respond to the email. Yes. I don't have any automation. I have dabbled with MailChimp a few times in certain things. There's some groups that I run where I'm sending the link out to, you know, 300 people everywhere yeah. saying, if you're available, come. And, um, you know, MailChimp likes to mic up those systems. Sometimes sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, God. I just write Tell me about it. Yes. <laughs> even for all the groups that I go to, all the business groups, the classes that I run, I'm still available. And there are hundreds of people in 11 years of networking that I've been doing and teaching sales how to use networking as a sales tool so can you imagine the vast number of um, people I've accumulated I am not so busy I can't answer the phone I am not so That's busy what I can't you apart. and this is the thing is um I'm not so busy I can't talk to you if you have right trouble. but that's the point and you know yeah, I think whatever business you're going to be in, if you're looking, I need the numbers, 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 money, I need to be the top selling person, I got to be this, you're doing it for the wrong reason. If you're doing it, that it's one person at a time, what we have is a ripple effect, because whatever that person now that you have helped is doing whatever they're doing better and having more mm. accomplishment, that ripple effect is out there. And I think if we just look at that domino effect of how quickly things can move when we inspire and empower other people, you know, th this high thing of God, I've got to be up here, you know, up in the sky. It's a very far, very fast and furious fall back down to the ground. I prefer, yeah. you know, the arm in arm, you know, hand yeah. over to the next person, the next person, the next one, pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. Because I think we will actually... Um, together in our own individual gifts empower each other to a point where we're helping everybody so i think it's a i think the big question whenever you are helping somebody or working with somebody in sales or anything is why are you doing it why are you doing this whom do you want to serve and what is what is the ultimate achievement on this yeah. and if it is not about empowering other people but it's all about the ego of self they're in the wrong business and they will fail. Mm. So I've turned to my screen, right, to show you my wall. <laughs> Up the top, um, those four sheets for those who can see watching on YouTube, right? So those four sheets there, these are sales sheets, they're sales tracking sheets. I run a class called the Sales Edge, so it says it. And it's about small disciplines repeated every day that equals sales success. So this class is like a $35 class with me, right? And it's about tracking your sales. And it doesn't matter what it is, so long as it was, it was a paid thing. It wasn't a swap thing, it wasn't for free, it was a paid sale, right? And so I'm up to like, what am I at? I'm at 104 now, like on the list, right? So um, this started back end of March. The idea behind the sales edge is to uh, convert one sale per day, mm -hmm. right? One sale per day. It might be like, well, if I convert at 9 o'clock in the morning, surely I can do four, right? Why can't I do 10? Why can't I do all this? But at the end of the year, if you convert one every day, you've got 365 sales. Mm -hmm. Now when you say 365 in a year, people go, Ooh, wow. yes. actually that's a lot right so I'm up to 104 but here it is here but you said something very important I say this in class all the time how did I get 104 sales mm -hmm. one at a time yes don't yes. get multiple at once they might no. buy multiple things on a docket but you get one sale at a time which means you can only talk to one person at a time if you spend the time to talk to one person deliberately every day one person and you get a sale from them honestly take the rest of the day off 
On day one, it seems like a waste to take the day off. Sit down, read, buy yourself a piece of cake, watch a movie, right? Exactly. But if you do that tomorrow, time and on self. <laughs> right? Just know that you did your job and it doesn't matter what the price value was. Know that you did your job, take the rest of the day off. Because if you do one first thing in the morning and think, oh, I can get fancy and do another one, do another one, what often happens is we might get, we get on a roll and we get three or four in a day and then something happens. We don't get one the next day and then something worse happens and then we seem to take the rest of the week off and then a whole week has passed or two weeks have passed and think, I've done nothing. So you got three sales on the first day and now you've done nothing for two weeks and you're wondering where your sales are going. Mm -hmm. It's the practice of just doing tiny things yes. every day. Um, that, and it doesn't become intimidating either that way. You know, it's manageable. Yeah. And, you know, it it isn't just about what you're selling. You've got a whole pile of other things behind whatever it is you're selling. So it gives you more time to kind of finesse whatever it is you're selling. And you practiced yes. one thing at a time. Yes. One thing at a time. So, um, yeah, So it, and it's all one at a time. Even when I run uh, my group sales classes and I might say, all right, this is a topic, this is what we're doing. And then sometimes, um, depending on that, that topic works out, it can be um, a bit tricky for some than for others, right, or depending who's missed a class or not. It doesn't matter. But I'll say if if we're moving on to a new topic the next week, if you're still having trouble with this, mm -hmm. book in for a coaching session this week. Yes. It'll cost you $25. Book in this week. Let's fix it this now, week. Before you move on. Mm -hmm. Right? And yeah. then I have people go, oh, I want that. But it's interesting. The amount of people who will book in will depend on how many times I've said book in this week. If I say it once, I'll have one person book in. If I've said it four times over the course of that one class, that one-hour class, I usually end up with four people booked in because the first person heard it when I first said it, so they've gone, oh, yeah, that's me, I need that. The second time I said it, someone's gone, oh, yeah, I need that. Then the third time, there's different people need to hear things at well, different Well, it's, it's where you are in the course where it's like, <laughs> oh, gosh, you know, I hit, I'm right, she, would, she was offering that and I thought I had this in the bag and I don't. And now I so, don't, right? And now and I I'm need so it. So, so as they go, and it isn't, you know, I will say to people, don't top load whatever you're doing. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you top load, it's too much for people to take in. Now they're saturated and they're not going to get anything else. So, you know, one, always do your program that it is one step at a time. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with this before we get to that. Because in yeah. that way, people can, can keep up and be willing to ask the most stupid questions because no, no questions are really stupid. We think they are because it's just where we're stuck in our That's train fault. You know? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we just need to kind of clear that. But we don't ask questions, especially if we're in a group, because we don't want to appear stupid. Well, I know it's stupid and I don't really want to ask it. I don't care. I know. I've had said, plenty of those. Ask it. Ask. Someone's booking for a coaching session or say, all right, where exactly, where, where's the problem as you see it or, or what's, where are you at? And they'll say something going, wow, that's such a good question. Why didn't you ask that in class? Oh, I didn't want to seem stupid. I've got seven other people asking the same thing. Look, yeah. I'll fix it here, but we're running that in class next week. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Don't ask them the same yeah, question. If everybody's <laughs> asking the same question, it's clearly one that needs to and be addressed. And that's often how I pick my classes. People say, you know, what's your lineup of classes? Oh, well, um, here's how it works. Is on Friday when I send the reminder out, um, I'll come up with the class, and the class will have come to me based off 
um, all the different people I've talked to and um, it could be through coaching sessions or networking or there'll be a theme that will show up. I once had one girl bring me up and she said, Misty, I've just had someone yell at me. Like, I feel really bad. So I thought I would just call you and you're mm. going to put this into context for me because I've had someone yell at me and and um, and I, I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, no problems at all. So she had coaching sessions, so we talked about that, right? Later that day, someone calls me up and says, oh, my God, Missy, I've just had someone yell at me. I, was, <laughs> I, I did some work. She's a graphic designer. I did some work for her like two years ago. And then she just called me and said, how dare I, you know, help someone with whatever. And um, it's the same colour. Like this is the industry she's in and it's the same colour. I thought, God, it's like saying a vet in Australia can't use cobalt blue. Yeah, Every right. vet in the whole of Australia has cobalt blue <laughs> on their vet sign because apparently that must be the colour for pets, you know, that exactly. indicates pets. Blue, That's yes. the actual the blue graphic cross, not the red Yes, exactly. So she's done it based off like a branding, you know, like the branding rules of what the person was after. So two years earlier, a woman who was in the same industry got a thing done. And of course, some brands look similar because they the same, it's the same thing, right? We're, we're you know, we think we're vast, but sometimes we're limited. But but yeah. that person yelling at you, this is the one thing is, you know, because I was in sales for a long time and we're in the restaurant business in the in the um, theater business in sales and in everything and i know what it's like to be elder yep i've been there i've had that um yes you kind of used to take it personally until i had to learn this is not your issue it's theirs that they're imposing upon you yeah right i have this line i have this line right i used to have it when i was a barmaid so going back in my my 20s right so going back you know what am i 46 now so going back you know 20 years ago and i've kept this line so wherever i've worked in sales if someone gets upset because a customer was yelling for whatever it got upset i have this one line so if it's summer i'd say well maybe their air conditioner isn't working i tell you what <laughs> if my air conditioner in my car wasn't working and i had to drive across today in this heat without the air conditioner and just the window down i would not be happy either or if it's winter, I'd say maybe their heater doesn't work in their car. And that's why they, because they're actually. Well, so that kind of explains because I lived in South Africa and we had no air conditioning in our cars. And that could explain right. why everybody was always so miserable. <laughs> well, that's why they're all in a bad mood. They're just hot. They're just hot. Yes. <laughs> the hot and they're bothered and they've got to take that's it right. out in someone. It's right. got nothing to do with no. you. And it's got everything to do with how they're feeling in that moment yes. and as a result everything's dramatic so um so and I still use it now like even when the children like if they get a bit or, you know someone gets cranky about something well perhaps you know well perhaps you know the air conditioner hasn't been working for you properly or the heater hasn't went for you or, you know like, you know, like the Don Rose uh, you know four agreements you know one of them is do not take things personally it's somebody else's issue you don't have to take it on you know, speak your word with integrity. It's your integrity. It's coming from your heart and soul, your integrity. Um, don't assume, ask, because you don't know until you ask. And then the simply do your best is not compared and measured to anyone else. It's compared and measured to how much effort did you put in today? Did you do your best, right? As salesmen, we're really like um, golf players. Our job is just to do better tomorrow than what we did today. That was yes. it. And right. of course, when you get that hole in one, hallelujah. But how often do you Yeah, do I know. It, right? it happens once in a lifetime, but well done you. You know, like, well yeah. done. You know, we'll talk about it for a while, but then, you know, the job is it. Can you do that consistently? No, I can't. All right. I'm back to square one tomorrow. So, you know, I think, I think, I think of Anne of Green Gables a lot. I think yeah. of Anne of Green Gables. It's like yeah. with um, the sales edge, right? 
So the sales edge comes with a tracking system, right? And um, so you go through the tracking system. And I say to people, because I say, you know, do it in red and green. So green is a tick, red is a cross. And what you have to do is you have to make an informed decision. Did I do it? Am I going to do it? And it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's about patterns. You don't have to do it. You just have to decide not to do it and then walk away, right? Oh, oh so yeah, find, a, find a different way. I think that's the thing. A lot because, of people, okay. Sorry. Well, your sales <laughs> results will come out of this, right? right? So if you've decided not to do it, let it go. Your sales results will come out of this. But all you have to do, like Anne of Green Gables will say, is tomorrow is brand new with no mistakes. Yeah. So whatever you didn't do today, you can do it tomorrow. You can do it tomorrow or yes. some of it tomorrow. So even if, um, so I know over Easter, I mean, I normally just go about, doesn't matter the holidays, but this year over Easter, I mean, I'm a big chocolate fan for those who know me. <laughs> and um, I decided to sit down for five days and do nothing but eat chocolate and watch movies. Uh, and that was it. So, of course, by the end of it, so enamored was I by this lifestyle, um, I found it very hard to get back up and start yes. getting into things. So I started getting like these red crosses, red crosses everywhere, and I've gone, hmm, you know what, I only have to do one thing. I can have all red crosses on this week's sheet as long as I get one green tick somewhere. Yeah. Just pick the green tick. Just go with the green tick, and then next week maybe I'll add in a second green tick. That's it. Don't Just be hard on yourself, them. right? Don't beat exactly. yourself up. I it's like to do better tomorrow, right? And it's also like it. you know the way you sell. I mean, some people you've got to do cold calling, you've got to get on the phone, you've got to do that, you've got to break through, and it's like, no, that's not my style. That's yeah. not my style. So what you got to do is, what is your style? Where are you comfortable doing this? Where you can feel so engaging that people want to talk to you that people want to know what it is you've got. And I think we yeah. have to find that niche of how we represent ourselves. And uh, there is no one size that fits all. There is no, you've got to do it this way. You should do it this way. It's the encouragement. Have you tried it? It didn't work for you. Okay, cross that off. Okay, what are you going to try next? Until you find that something that is you're comfortable. Because when you're comfortable and you're truly being authentic of who you are and why you are, people want to know you. And when they want to know you, then they feel more comfortable buying from you. Yeah, so sales is so easy. It's this. If you say what you sell and how much it costs 30 times a day, you will get sales. Mm -hmm. That's it. We make it so hard. But if we were to just repeat it over and over, have a think about McDonald's. Biggest name in hamburgers across the board. Why? Because they run an ad that says we sell hamburgers, they cost like $10. We sell hamburgers you know, as a meal, it costs $15. We sell hamburgers. Now, the majority of people aren't buying the hamburgers. But we've got the message. At least I know what it is and how much it costs. Right. And so along the way, inside their consistent ad going out over and over and over for over 30 years, right, is the majority of the world aren't buying, but some do. And it's in the sum from the massive numbers. Yes, you, you don't need everyone. People. You just need exactly, a small percentage. Right? Yes. And then what happens is we go to work the next day and say, oh, I decided to have McDonald's last night. Oh, yeah, what did you get? How much did that cost you? Yeah. Like that's the only thing the next person's asking. If we can deliver that information, now we're delivering the McDonald's ad. Yeah. So if you notice here, you would notice, Sarah, and I wonder who else noticed that I mentioned what I sell and how much it costs a number of times. Yes. Right. Which means every time somebody listens, they're going, oh, she runs a class called Sales Edge. It costs $35. Oh, she does coaching sessions for $25. Right. I only have to say it. You yeah. don't have to like it. You don't have to want it. You don't have but to the buy message it. message goes you in. Just, yeah, exactly. And you can't stop it from happening. So the yeah. big secret with me is I teach people how to say 
what it is that they sell and say the price. After that, you can run it through every single piece of digital media or any way. If you can say it, people can buy it. If you do everything on digital media and you're running low in sales, there's a good chance that at some point the customer wanted to speak to the salesman. And if you're not speaking to them, Mm -hmm. they can't buy. So the only thing as a salesman you need to know is how to say, what is it that you sell? And it's like this. If you're a life coach, you sell life coaching and it will cost whatever the price of a session of life coaching is, right? You don't sell, oh, well, you see, it's like this inside, it's this course and, you know, I work on the inside and the outside and it's the the happiness and it's the, that's just, that's the results Mm. of working with a coach. The coach has to be able to say exactly what it is. If it's a business coach, right, business coach, say, well, you know, I do this stuff on profit and loss and this and that and everything else and it's all this business stuff. Actually, what you sell is business coaching. Yeah. That's it. The customer works out what that means to them. You don't have to explain the ins and outs of your program and which areas you touch on. I do sales training. I mean, what's the difference between me and a business coach? Because a business coach will get you to sell. They just go around it and these different, they, they talk about these other things. And business coaching is really for growing your business. You want to grow, you want to have staff, you want to, you know, weed yourself out of it eventually. Um, they work on the profit and loss, all that other stuff. I don't do any of that. I only talk about the sales part. Mm-hmm. And if you just speak about the sales part, you'll make sales anyway. Business coach is fantastic for doing the rest of it. I don't do any of the rest of it. I don't do any of the mindset. I won't do any of that. You'll change your mind about sales. Mm-hmm. So there's mindset in there. But I don't teach you mindset. You'll change your mind when you know how to say what you sell and how and and can deliver the price. I think that that's actually a question I want to put in there because like you know take my industry podcasting which I've been doing for 11 years. And uh, it's really been an up and down industry as far as whether somebody charges or whether somebody doesn't or this or that or people say no go and get advertising or I don't pay for that and you've got all such a mixed bag. And it's you know I have definitely found it difficult along the way. And so basically I'm a free will person. Everything you do in life has to be free will. Uh, Speaking to me right now, it's your free will. If you don't want to, you're not going to. So I have Mm -hmm. the donation thing. It's your free will. What was it worth to you? I don't care how minimum it is, but if you're supporting me um, and the work that I do because you got something out of it, thank you for your support. I don't dictate what it is, but it's Mm -hmm. a hard industry because you've had so much of the, oh, you've got to get advertising. Not, I don't want to go the advertising in the middle of a show, blah, 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 blah. And people lose the train of thought and lose the rhythm of it. And so there are a lot of industries out there that didn't used to be out there. And this, obviously, this one is purely online. That's the right reason why it's podcast. And that, you know, it didn't have a template to kind of look at what pricing should be. And I'm sure there's many other, there's so many people that, that I talk to through beginnings of COVID saying, I've always been working in the industry in the the corporation now i've got to create something online how do i charge for that what do i charge for that it's a different dynamic um so what would you say to these industries that are kind of struggling to find that niche or that way of selling here's how prices come about and i've asked this many times through to many people through many classes and business groups i ask how did you come up with your price Mm -hmm. right and they'll say well i looked at the industry and I looked at this and I looked at that and I didn't want to be the lowest but I didn't want to be the highest and blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, though, when all said is done, 
I get right to the end and I just go, okay, so I've heard you say all of that, but ultimately here's how your price came about. You just decided to pick something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you took into account. Decide what you want to get paid for it. Right. And then the reason people don't buy is not because of what your price is, but because of how you deliver the price mm. to them. Mm-hmm. The number one sales question that is towards someone looking to buy is how much does it cost? This question is so um it's so important as a salesman for us to be able to answer because when a person says, well, how much is it? That's actually all they're asking. They're just saying, how much is it? And it's they're already putting themselves on that track towards possibly buying or right. passing a message on or, you know, buying down the track. If I know how much it is, I can make an informed decision for now or later. Yes. Right? And so when so since it's the number one question, we should be begging a customer to ask us so that we know where they're at in the whole sales process. It's the only question that we need to be able to answer really well. Mm-hmm. And the answer becomes this. Let's take, uh, let's say your podcasting was $100. How much is it to speak on your podcast? $100. Not, oh, well, you see, what I've done is it's uh, $100. It's the not saying the price easily that becomes your sales problem, not the price. Right. Now, if you say $100, today's salesman only has to deal with the comment that comes back, $100, oh, my God, I would never spend that to speak on a podcast. Here's your answer, and this is for everybody. Here's the answer. I know, right? Crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Stop talking. Leave it up to them to sort yes. out what's their actual problem. Mm-hmm. It's not for you to convince them. Right. The reason salesmen do themselves an injury when they try to explain their price, the moment mm-hmm. you explain your price, you have turned their comment and customers only make comments. Mm-hmm. They do not make objections. They only make comments. Complain. They complain mm-hmm. a lot and they make comments, but they don't object. When we go to explain our price as salesmen, if you go to explain your price, you're turning their comment into an objection. And the moment you turn it into an objection, they can object and walk. And they do. Yes. You take the objection off the table. You leave the comment exactly as it is. I know, crazy. I would never spend that. I know, crazy, isn't it? Oh, my God, do people actually pay that? Yes, crazy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Did they like it or not like it? Really, that's all that you charge? How do you, why do you charge so low? I know, crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same answer every time. Right. I get, um, I get a lot, not so much now because people have heard me say it often enough, but um, but even my children, my youngest, he's now 11, but from the age of nine, he says, Mum, I don't think you charge enough for sales training and coaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go down that line. So I charge $25 for a coaching session. And he says, I don't think you charge enough. He said, you're teaching people to have money every day for the rest of their life. You spend more than $250 a week on groceries mm-hmm. and you charge $25 for someone to you know, be able to have money. I think you should charge more. I said, it comes down to this. I said, it's a great conversation. Mm-hmm. It comes down to this. Price to ha- price of product, um, how many do I want to sell, really? How many people am I looking to help? So when I have people say to me, why don't you value yourself more and charge more? I say this. I value myself at $25 million. How much do you charge? Do you value yourself at? And I go, $25 million? How do you value yourself at $25 million? Because I got this from my... 11-year-old son, who was nine at the time, said, if I was a YouTuber, I said, it comes down to the amount of people I want to help, right? If I was a YouTuber, 
minimum requirement, how, how many as a minimum would you want subscribers to consider yourself a YouTuber who goes, oh, a million people. Great. I want to teach a million people how to sell. I want to have a million coaching clients. He goes, that's $25 million. Yeah. He goes, okay, that's that's a lot of money. Okay, that's enough. Yep. No, no, $25 is fine. Because the small children, they don't think that a million is outrageous in regards to helping a million people. Yeah. Because that's the system now. So um, so as a result, I get to value myself at $25 million. If it sells it, I can value myself at $35 million. The price of my product isn't a problem. No. It's how yeah. I deliver the price of the product and can I put up with. See, I go the other way. I have people saying, oh, my God, why is it so low? And I've tried that. I'm happy to charge you double. Yeah. Turns out the person who's <laughs> complaining the most about the price isn't the one that wants to buy it anyway. Right. So why change your price around for a person who's never buying it and never referring you to anybody? Right. The person who doesn't understand doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter your price. It does matter how you deliver it. And I'll do a quick little plug. I wrote a book, right, because I run this class all the time called How to Go from No Sales to Sales in Five Easy Steps. And I know that you like people to promote Sarah, so I'm just going to come out and say it. I wrote a book on how to go from no sales to sales in five easy steps. It's basically it's five chapters on it's five sales programs on the five steps, mm -hmm. right? One of them is on price, how to deliver the price. So step number two is deliver your price without sounding anxious and without discounting. So inside the chapter, the chapter explains all of what happens when you say this in mm -hmm. particular ways. And then it's got practice exercises to practice with people over dinner. So you get really good at just saying it's just a price. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people that have come to classes just honed in on that one thing Right. And someone knows what they sell and hone in on that one thing to deliver the price and accept whatever the other person says, like, oh, my God, I found someone that's half your price. I think I'll go with them. I think that's brilliant that you're using a professional. Mm -hmm. oh. oh, well, thank you very much. I mean, I'd like to buy yours, but yours costs twice as much and I don't have the cash. Hey, I understand exactly how you feel. Your job as a salesman is make the other person feel good about their choices, mm -hmm. not to convince them otherwise, not to make them second guess. Yes. And if they don't second guess, they can change their mind. True. Or buy the thing that they can afford. And I've watched this happen many times. I've had so many people call me and say, so they went with somebody else because they couldn't afford my service, but they told all their friends to come to me because they liked me more than the service that they could only afford to pay for. And now I've ended up with these five other clients based off a person who never bought from yes, me. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you end up with a raving fan, even if they couldn't afford it, which still proves the point. It doesn't matter what your price is. My background training, Sarah, of, of deliver, it doesn't matter what your price is, comes from this. Every job I've ever had, has been to sell a product that I wasn't allowed to discount. Mm -hmm. So in every single job, I've put up with people complaining but buying anyway. So if you think as a barmaid, I sold food and drink. Yes. It comes at the price that it is. It doesn't come discounted. Right. Then I sold um, furniture at Fantastic Furniture. It was already at, um, at a package price, so no discounting could happen there. Um, then I sold Apple computers. Apple across the world says this is the price of the computer. That's it. You mm -hmm. can only sell it at the price they dictate, and there is no change in price. I then worked in the patents and trademark office um, in Canberra, which was selling uh, patent and trademark applications. doesn't matter how many, how yeah. many trademarks you want. 
It's one price per trademark. That's it. So, so basically just, fixing your price. Everything is, was exactly the same. Right, everything so then people same. know what it is up front. Exactly. And then, of course, <clears throat> it all comes down to groceries. How much is it at the grocery store? The price that you buy. I tested this out. I went in one day and bought 18 blocks of chocolate. That's the most blocks I've ever bought in one hit, right? I went in there, bought 18 blocks, and because I'm buying 18, can I have a discount? You know what the woman at the counter said to me? Nope. <laughs> she just laughed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm buying it in bulk. She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I have, a, I have a sister that would have gone to speak to the manager and wheeled out a deal just to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, proof, the, the proof becomes that everywhere I've ever worked, and I've had different sales traders say, where do you get your trading from? Is all my jobs. Mm. And why do you talk so heavy on price? Because all of my jobs, you had to get around the fact that nothing was discounted. They bought it anyway. They yes. cried a lot. The customer cries a lot, but we do it at the supermarket. $50. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God, this is $2 more than last week. Yeah, I know. Gas. I don't know about you in Australia, but here in Canada, we're, we're the pay the most gas in British Columbia. And it just went up 20 cents and it's going to go up again a litre. And it's like, yeah, we cry buckets at that because it's like you never know when it's going to go up. And, and you buy it anyway. <laughs> and, and we know we have to because we still have to get around, right? So I think right. that's it's where people choice. come to is the what do I have to spend money on? Uh -huh. And it becomes about priority. So, of course, when it does come to things like coaching or this or that, a lot of people go, but do I have to do that right now? Can I afford to do it right now? Uh, and yep. then the, the question of can I afford not to do it right now? Yep. And I yep. know that, you know, your sales and thing, for me, whenever I was in sales, um, I was Mobile Oil's first woman rep in South Africa. I knew nothing about oil, nothing. But I knew customer service. And I knew when they were unhappy and when they were happy and what they needed. And that was my job to make sure they got it. I didn't need to know about the oil. They knew all the composites of the oil and what they liked and what they didn't like. That wasn't my job in my eyes. It was what did they need in order to stay with mobile oil that made them happy? Yeah. So yeah. for me, never money has never been the big thing in the sense of that what I've dealt with. It's always been yeah. about the customer service. Yeah. Yeah. The money sits on the other side <laughs> of help. I mean, yeah. I say this in class all the time. I believe that we're all being put here with a specific skill that we're supposed to use to help somebody with. And the skill could be the skill or the and the skill could be, and I use this with inverted commas, the skill could be um, if you're a network marketer, in that you're so enamored by your product that that product it helps people in a particular way that your skill is in wanting to help people that way. So that you're so interested in that story of like if it's a product like um, Life Vantage sells a product called ProTandem and it's to help people who suffer from aches and pains like, say, inflammation of the hands, right? So if you believe in having that managed because most likely you suffer from it yourself and you you know the stories that sits mm -hmm. behind the drama of putting up with like painful hands and not being able to pick things up and carry grocery bags, right, then um, you've been put here to pass that story on to say there's a way that can be helped, right? The so Relatability. Everyone's put here with a story yes. that you're supposed to pass yes, on. Yes, I agree. Now, if you don't have very much money, it means that you're not passing your story on very well. You're helping people, but you're not helping them with the story you're supposed to be passing on, right? Because everything can be paid. So you're just not passing on the story properly. People don't want things for free. 
They complain about paying it, but they do consider fair is fair. You've helped me, so I'm going to reward you. I want to say thank you. It's easier to do cash as a thank you than try and work out, am I supposed to get them flowers? Was thank you enough? Mm -hmm. uh, do they eat chocolate? Mm -hmm. Are they a recovering alcoholic? Should I not buy them wine? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? So cash is an easy um, switch over. So if you're not earning enough, then um, the truth is, is you're not helping them the right way mm -hmm. in order to swap it. It's cash for thing. Back in the olden days, two hundred years ago, right? There was, each person was had one thing that they did, and all they did. Nobody really had that much money. So if I was, let's say, I um, I made cheese and I needed my kids to wear shoes, then I'd go find the local sandal maker and I'd say, can I swap cheese for shoes? Exactly, the barter system. Yeah. Yes. Now it's just, yeah, it is barter. It's cash for mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. but now we just put a price on it so it's like I don't have to think too hard and negotiate. Let's yeah. just do a swap and be done with it, right? Mm -hmm. The thing they're buying is more valuable than the cash they're giving up. Like my book, right? No one would spend $30 on a book unless they considered the information in the book more valuable than $30. Mm -hmm. That's the system, yeah. right? I can sell the same book for $90. They just have to consider it more valuable, the information more valuable than the 90 they're handing over. And we think value in many different ways. I have a book from Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone is the second greatest sales trainer on the planet because uh, first. But, um, <laughs> but I have a book from Grant Cardone that I bought only from him. And his books are hard to find because you can't necessarily get them from all these other places. But I buy things only from him personally and his website because I believe in him and I want it to go straight to him yeah it cost me three times the book to get it sent to me to Australia so if the book cost $30 it cost me over $90 to get it sent and while I was incredibly upset to pay $90 to the post office when I prefer to pay it to Grant because his book was worth it I still paid over $120 for a $30 yeah. book right because the information in the book was priceless than the 120 that I was yeah given exactly right yeah and, and I think that comes down to it what does it point. mean to you you know Sorry, when, when, when we look at something it's like you know what what is the value to you you know somebody had $30 $40 $90 some people have $1,000 you know is what are they selling that could be something worth you know, to you it, and I think you know consumers beware yes because there's an awful lot of people out there selling something with the flash and the dash and the tinsel uh, and the glitter when it comes down to it, the substance isn't there so I think you really do have to kind of do your due diligence and this is why I like to see and about when I go to a site this is where testimonies are good but you've got to be careful because uh, not only can AI write the testimonies now but testimonies can be fake and so this is like make sure if you're purchasing something that's going to cost you a few dollars that that person has time with you to yeah. reassure you of what you're buying if they've got no time for you and your purchase then that's a red flag as far as I'm concerned Yes, it really comes down to customer decide. In the end, the customer decides what they're buying. Mm -hmm. So I've had some people join my group sales classes for the. They join because they want to come to class and they want to learn. And they want to do it. I've had other people buy because they go, "I just really like you, Missy. You're out helping everyone all the time. I want to make sure that you're continuing to do that work." So they join. They join class as a way of, "I'll give you the cash, yeah. but I'm never coming." 
right? So then I have some people that do it just purely as a, almost like with you, right, as a donation type thing. I've had others who have joined class and after 12 months, they've never turned up. They've never responded to an email. I don't even know if it's their right contact details anymore. I then, um, some people I ask if they want to renew, those ones who I've never heard from in an entire year, I tend not to. I just take them off the list and just let them continue doing whatever it is that they're doing. Those ones I often find within four weeks of them not receiving the weekly right. sales class. Sure. And I just let them join again. And I say, but you've never been to class. They said, getting the reminder from you every week is enough to make me sell. I don't need to be in class. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard you speak once. I just need the reminder to keep doing it. Your weekly email is all it is. And my email says, can't wait to see you in class. Here's the link. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. Right, <laughs> yeah. There's no before, tips right? and things that you're saying. No. Sure, <laughs> it's it's like it's the proverbial, you know, kick up the butt, isn't it? Like somebody's that's got right. their eye on you and it's that yeah, incentive, yeah. you know, that uh, to, to get it. Because I think what happens is we get so caught up in a rut in an old system yeah. and you know let's face it the system at the present moment in in sales are sales but how sales are done now whether you're going to use uh, social media as your marketing and your sales pitch whether you're going to use podcasts which many people do you know what other way you're going to do it it's it's always evolving so it means you've got to be flexible and evolve with it but keep the fundamentals there Always keep your roots very strong and your trunk very strong, but make sure your branches can sway in the wind and be flexible. Yeah. But then that goes back to why are you selling it? What is it you believe in? And that, you know, that if that doesn't come across to people, then it, they become kind of iffy. So you've got to really stand by whatever it is you're selling, be it a product, be yeah. it a service, be it yourself, whatever it is. Because if you don't believe in it, people can smell that nowadays. They're so yeah. much more savvier. And it's like, they, you know, the salespeople where the mouth is opening, words are coming out, and you know they're so detached from it. There isn't an yeah. ounce of energy in it. It's very, so robotic. And you go, well, if you're that bored selling it, I'm not interested in buying. So That's you right. want, you right. want that engagement. You want that enthusiasm. You want to know that story of why they're doing it. Because that yeah. it became it becomes more meaningful when you do purchase it, it becomes something you value more because there is that yeah. story behind it. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. I find um, I am my brand. I've had plenty of people over the yes. years um, say, you know, where's your website? Can I look at your website? Where's your website? Where's this? Where's that? And do you do stuff on social media? And the truth is I'm rubbish on the digital side because I go networking. I speak to people face-to-face. -face. Yeah. But my topic, what I teach is I teach you how to actually speak to people. Mm -hmm. So as a result, that's exactly who I am. So I'm easily found on Google. Do I have yes. a website no, I don't. But I'm like Ryan Reynolds, you know. Ryan Reynolds is, in my opinion, the single greatest um, actor there is on the planet, right? I mean, the guy can do any genre. He's done movies every year since before the 90s. Mm -hmm. He's been in TV shows. He'll put his hand up. He'll say yes to anything that's asked. He shows up on everybody else's platforms. He interviews all over the place. He calls it, The Late Show calls him. If somebody doesn't turn up, he's not going to turn up for an interview, they just call Ryan Reynolds and say, can you get here tonight because I need somebody here. He turns up to everything and yet he's got a wife, he's got four children, mm -hmm. they adore him, he adores his family, he always spends time with them, they're never apart, they're in no danger of ever getting divorced. They say wonderful things about each other. I've gone, how cool are you that you do all of this stuff, right? Now what's interesting is Ryan Reynolds 
as an actor doesn't have a website. And yet, if you Google Ryan Reynolds, he shows up everywhere on Google. Why? Because he shows up on everyone else's platforms. Yes. So I don't have the digital stuff because brain-wise, it's too much energy for me to try to work that out because I'm a talker. So I like to talk. So I just have thought, pick the... Pick the advertising method that allows you to speak and then do it that way. But I teach people to talk, so that makes sense, right? Well, but that's the reason why people podcast. So go on other people's podcasts because it shares it. It shares it out. It's another platform of sharing it out of what you do. Exactly. As a result of turning up on other people's podcasts or being Mm -hmm. interviewed or having a pitch taken or something like that, my email is through Gmail, which is Gmail owned by Google. As a result, Google's compiled all this stuff on Mm -hmm. me from showing up on all these platforms that aren't mine, right? So as a result, as long as you get the spelling right, Misty Henkel, H-E-N-K-E-L, right? You do Misty Henkel, like Ryan Reynolds, I show up all over the place, right? Actually, you know, I haven't connected that because I'm a Gmail too and um, I've researched something and I I put my name in and, of course, wherever I am, whatever platform shows up, but also so do my shows that I've done. Yeah, and sitting really the three thousand of them out there. There's a lot of shows. Yeah, that Google was doing it yeah. for me. So thank you, Google. Google <laughs> is doing it for you, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, so yeah, so I say I'm I'm as easy to find as Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Probably easier because my Google business page has my address. So you know, like I'm even easier to find than Ryan Reynolds. Um, so yeah. How much but, do you work with people outside of Australia? Because you like to work one-on-one with people, but you obviously work with one-on-one with people online. But you know, yeah. how broad do you go across the world? Um, all over the world. Uh, the, I'm in a group called Happy Neighborhood Project, which is. I come from America. It's about 55 to 60 um, uh, free networking groups a week that um, that are up. And I'm in that group and I'm a co-host of um, one of the one of the groups there, um, HMP Movie Lovers. And um, so as a result, I get to meet people from all over the place. And um, so I'm probably 50-50, you know, half Australia, half, um, half overseas mm-hmm. um, as well. The secret to working overseas is fitting to their time frame. Yes. Yeah, I'll give you the single greatest thing, Sarah, um, and this is for everyone too, right? As a sales trainer, not everyone wants sales training. They might need it, but they don't want it, mm-hmm. right? So if someone says, oh, Missy, you're so amazing, you need to speak to my group, I go in and I say, get your group to Google me first so they get a feel of who I am. I've now got like a YouTube channel, so I've got free sales class on there, so they get a feel of who I am because how I show up on YouTube is exactly how I am. Like I'm like this all the time, right? So um, so they get a feel of it because I know I've often gone in to speak and people go, wow, this is amazing. I don't know what to do with Yeah, she's good. But, you know, they've come with a, a thought of I'll collect the information but I'm not going to do much because – you know, what else am I going to learn from sales training? Anyhow, last year, um, so I find that it's it's a bit tricky to go into a group when nobody knows who I am or maybe one person says I'm amazing, but then the rest of the group goes, well, I'll make that decision for myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's fine too. Anyhow, last year I was asked to go um, into a group and um, speak on whatever the topic was at this networking group. And it was American and it was 11 o'clock in the morning for them. And I just said yes, not really knowing the time zone, but I just said, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll turn up. Now, there's about 20 people that turned up. It was 2 o'clock in the morning for me. Mm-hmm. And only one person knew who I was, the one who said, she's amazing, you should listen to her. And I know how this goes. I go, yes, all right, we will listen. We'll see what comes out of it and I'll make a decision myself after the fact, right? Anyhow, 
I happened to say this. I've gone, I'm so excited to be here because it's 2 o'clock in the morning for me. And everyone went, oh, yeah. my God, I better write really good notes because if you're turning up at 2 o'clock in yeah. the morning, I better be paying attention. I thought that was the single coolest sales tip I yeah. can pick up, like I've ever picked up, is turn up at whatever time suits them regardless of the time on your end and then tell people what time it is at your end. And then I had captured the entire group just like that as being she's the, the greatest sales trainer on the planet. <laughs> all 20 people had nothing but amazing things to say, all because it was, you know, some crazy time at my end. Yes, I've um, interviewed people so where it's 3 o'clock in their morning. Bless them, you know. Take yeah. advantage of the time. Yes, um, yes. Turning up to things and turn up in the middle of the night because people love you for it. Right. So um, so that works really well in sales. Well, let's do a little breakdown. You've got the book, How to Go from Sales, uh, from No Sales to Sales. You've also got the Overcoming Obscurity book as yes. well. And both yes. of those can be purchased through where? Ah, they come directly from me. So I believe there's a there's a sales link coming from you. Um, directly from me. So I have a if you Google me, I think a Google business page comes up. It's got my contact details. My email address is Misty Henkel, M-I-S-T-Y-H-E-N-Fanelli-K-E-L at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Just have to Google me. I want a book. That's it. I respond back and ask which one. Um, most people end up with the first one first, unless you were both straight at once. $60 Australian, free shipping all over the world. So, oh, sorry, $30 each Australian, mm-hmm. free shipping all over the world. So, um, and um, so yeah, it's directly from me. No Amazon, no nothing else. It's all from me. Just come to me and I can help you out. And I'm going to go just over the sales thing. So, um, Uh, Closing sales every day. The cost is $35. You've got practice makes perfect group sales classes. Um, That um, is a group of, that's 150 for six months. 156 months. Yeah. So I run five live classes a week and it's, it's like a gym timetable. Mm -hmm. The timetable stays the same. The topic is the same all week long. So imagine this week we're doing yoga and next week we're doing, I don't know, Karate. Meditation. Right? <laughs> exactly, right? So there'll be a different topic each week, but I run five classes of it live. Mm-hmm. So you pick whatever time suits you. And, of course, whoever's in the group is whoever turns up on that particular day. So um, and then you're practising a component of selling. It might be saying your price. It might be um, overcoming a spousal objection. You know the one where someone says, I love it, I really want to buy it, I've just got yeah. to speak to my husband? Yes. That one. Right. So it might be practicing that there'll be a sales component, but it's all practice, practice. Right. And then you've got fine tuning, which is the personal coaching cost of $25 per session. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, what you've done is you've kept everything, you you know, um, at a price that people can afford. um, So people can't really use the price as something that um, is in the way. Where you know you've yep. got other people. Oh, it's only fifteen hundred. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that yeah. ain't got that fifteen hundred to yeah. spare on this. Yeah. So, um, but for you, I think the driving force is is that you want everyone to be able to get out there and sell, sell their goods. Yes, sell- I believe. I believe we we can't be taught this at school for many many yeah. reasons. We can't be taught this at school, and yet it's it's the fundamental rule for everything in life. I've had plenty of people come to class, group sales classes. And I'll ask them a year later when they've they've left, right? And I'll say, um, and I mean, I've had some people come to group class. They turn up to one class, they get whatever that one lesson is, and they've gone, oh, 
I can never come back to class now because that was the thing that I needed. And now I've got too much work. Well, that's a terrible place to be in. No, that's good. That's how it's designed. So if yeah. you get what you need, you don't have to come back. And for others, they use it and they get what they need. They practice it, but they used to practicing with a the group. They often get work from the group or referrals come through. So people use it different ways. But um, but the thing is also sometimes you don't know what you need until you've been exposed no. to it. So no, actually staying the whole five weeks with the group because there's something you've never thought of. You don't know. So what if I'm you stay with it, you, yeah. you know, like I thought <laughs> I got what I needed. Well, hell, I have no. people for three years going. Oh, it was good to get the reminder so they'll get some classes that they've done before. Right. Um, but then other times they've gone. Oh my god! Mm. I didn't realize I was making such a mash of it. So I actually believe products and services sell themselves and we salesmen break that from happening. Right. So it's not about learning how to sell. It's about learning how to stop breaking the sale. The customer was trying to buy it. Right. Exactly. So yes. Let's just stop doing that then. Yeah. And so exactly. it'll be something. Make the really sale easy. Cool. They're Once in there to buy. buy. Just find out what it is they Silence. want to buy and make, you know, make the sale. Right. Without yeah. it being so complicated. And I think, again, I think you know, three. the big thing with any form of sales is personable. You know, if people yeah. want, don't want personable, they're going to buy online. But if they've actually come into your store or they want to reach out for a session, have a yeah. chat with you to buy your program, they want that personable. They want the yeah. relatability. They want they want a face to it. Like, yeah. Can I get you? I like I like what you've promoted here, but does the person behind that match it? And I think yeah, that's where yeah. our due diligence is today. We want to verify it's not just good sale, you know, flash. Do you, oh, God, you remember flash? That was horrible. Uh, it's not just flashing people to your program. They want to know, oh, yeah, I've spoken to that person. I think yeah. they can deliver. So yeah. that's really important. Um, Step number three in my book is silence. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of people come to class and they go, yeah. I said, you know the point, I ask. Who knows, the, who knows the point where you've been in a sale and you think, Oh my God, put your hand up if you've gone. Oh my God, I think I've just talked someone out of buying. Yes. Right? All hands <laughs> yeah. go up. Yeah. Oh, we all know it, right? Who's been out shopping where you wanted to buy something? And then the salesman, due to their non stop talking, you go, okay, well, I've now gotten tired. I don't want to buy from you anymore, right? right. All hands go up, right? Yeah. We've all been in that thing, right? So silence becomes step number three, mm. right? Learn to be silent. The other person will buy if you stop talking. So, you know, sometimes yeah. the problem Start is listening. just a matter of. Start Stop listening. They, they will the reveal what it is they're looking for, for how much yeah. it is they're wanting to pay. <laughs> if you just let them talk, pick out on it and ask them the right question or, you know, inquire yeah. a little more. So yeah. everybody's tired <laughs> of the pitch. You know, they yeah. say, what's your elevator pitch? What's your this pitch? And it's like, ah, you know, it's a hello. How are you today? How's the weather? This, that, etc. Why does it have to be a pitch every time you talk to someone? Yeah. I want to know, do I get your vibe? Do I even want to yeah. say hello back to you first? Yeah. Right. Because everybody's selling something. Now, you also have this breakfast morning every Thursday. And that is yeah. for, for people who are coaches or people that are. Oh, so I run a, um, a bit, I have a business group. Um, well, I'm, I'm the lead volunteer of a group called Business at Breakfast. Mm-hmm. And it was um, started in Canberra in Australia. So it started in Canberra face-to-face, then COVID hit after many, many years. So I think I've been in it since 2016. And then COVID hit and it went online. And due to the amount of people they get from all over the world, yes. now, so just Canberra-based, right, it stayed online. So, um, so it's two free networking meetings on Thursday, Australian time, 7 and 10, which works out to be a filter of different times. It's one of those things that um, 
if you want to come and it's it's kind of like the foundations of networking mm-hmm. if you go networking you're a little bit anxious or it hasn't been working quite right for you come into business at breakfast because I'm very subtle in my way of feeding through all those networking skills that um, really only have to have been coming to business at breakfast, you know, three months, six months, 12 months. And then I recommend people um, to honestly go to one, go into paid groups like V&I and things like that. And you'll be able to excel because you've passed all that introductory learn how to network mm-hmm. stuff. I'll feed that all through you through business at breakfast and you'll get all improved in there in the subtleties of networking yes. and how it works. But so yes. I consider and it's it a, like it's a great way. I mean, this is how, you know, how I met you. And I, yeah. I can't remember who in, in, invited me to it, um, but I've been coming a few times. And for me, I've got to interview some great people from there uh, with, yeah. you know, some wonderful programs that, you know, that yeah. I know that people are looking for. And that is, is my job is to make sure that I yeah. give people the exposure they need uh, yeah. And the inspiration is in the conversation. And when they feel, yeah, I yeah. like that person, I relate to that person. I know what that person has got. I want to buy it. Yeah. Know, my podcasting is is my sales pitch here for them. And so, yeah, but- I have a laugh with business at breakfast when new people come in. I say it's very exclusive to join. It's, it's very difficult to join. It's an exclusive group. It's free. And now <laughs> that you're in. Um, and there's no rules behind right. it. Turn no. up or don't turn up. Yeah. If you're able to turn up, come. If you're yes. not able to turn up, don't. I send a reminder out every week. If you can make it, just press the link and come in. If you can't and, and the beauty it, of it is, is you know, we've just got don't. this thing called chat on Zoom and everybody yeah. shares their, their information and you can save it and, and then you can go back. I really like that person. I want to talk to that person and afterwards. Wow. I saw them there. Yeah. But it's also you can be interactive in the chat which yes. you know, I love doing. I love commenting on what's being said when you have a guest speaker and this and that, because it invites us to be interactive. And that's you get actually... to save the chat. Yes. I send everybody out the chat. I have no rules about the chat box. Honestly, if you're in business and you go in and you collect a chat box and you want to spam everyone with your newsletter, be that on your reputation, I'm not going to get in your way. Right. Sort your own stuff out. So I, I find that through having absolutely no rules whatsoever, I've collected the nicest group of people <laughs> because everybody just that we already know how to behave. I don't understand the groups that feel the need to give rules and instructions. We're adults. We made it this far. I made it to 46 safely. Um, so certainly I've learned 68. something along the way. And I started I this at 57, so it's never too late yeah, for anything. Um, I've also learned that, you know, when I've made mistakes, that if I keep turning up, People can be very forgiving. Yes. It's when you make a mistake and then stop turning up, they go, oh, there must have been something wrong with you. But if you make a mistake and you keep turning up, everybody is forgiving because we've all made the same mistake multiple times until we've learned our lesson anyway. So, you know. We discover our resilience, right? That's resilience. The most important thing is to get up get back yeah. up that's the important thing is um, a lot of people talk about failure and failure for me is when you give up and you don't try anymore um falling yeah. down on your ass a number of times is not failure to me doing something wrong and it costing you a lot is not failure to you it's a, a redirect or fail a misdirect forward. fail forward fail forward i love that terminology yes who was it yeah. that said that in one of the I things i don't it was, know it was great but that was really great yeah 
yeah, yeah. failing forward. I um I had someone in a coaching session last week. She goes, oh, my God, I'm just forever going backwards. I said, you're not going entirely backwards. I'll admit, you're going three steps forward every day and then going two steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Like you aren't doing yourself an injury at the same time. However, you're, <laughs> still, cha, going, cha, cha. <laughs> you're still going one step forward. Yes. So you're not behind. Right. So over the course of a year, you are 365 steps in front. You just could have been over a 1,000 steps. That's all. So, you know, so let's stop. Let's, and I think it's new, don't get stuck on, on the things that went wrong. Every single one of us has had something go wrong. Because she and, keeps and, turning up. But yeah, the, the thing is when you look at it, when you've removed yourself from it and you're somewhere else and you look back at it and go, yeah, you know, that was maybe a horrific experience, but what came out of that? What came out of that? Resilience, tenacity, <laughs> ability, skills is what's made has- me successful today. Yeah, my husband works from home too, right? So um, he works at government job, patents and trademark office. And he says, it's, um, he said, I hear you sometimes in your coaching sessions. It's got me a bit why you haven't made a million dollars yet. I mean, you've been doing this for so long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, because, you know, along the way, it becomes, a, it's still a work in progress, right? But he goes, yes. but how are you not making a million dollars? Well, I just don't have a million people signed up yet. I mean, that's really the difference yes. between a million and not a million comes down to the amount of people that I've helped, right? And yeah, clearly, I think I think it's, it's also, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously kind of really up on that spiritual side of the things. And for me, it's like how enriching and how abundant you are and what you are doing is is cannot be matched by money. And You're going to we- love this. You're going to love this, Sarah. How I first, I've always loved money, like since the moment I was born. Like the love of money has been always in me. I love sales. I love everything. The idea of how to make it all yourself. Like I've always been like to knit. I used to crochet. But when I first started networking, people would say, why do you do all this? I spent first five years of networking, not earning a cent because I didn't have anything to sell. I knew I coached and I knew I had classes in me. I just, I hadn't put it in order as to how to teach it yet. Mm. So I just kept turning up networking and accumulating. I'd have a one-to-one with someone and they'd start selling. I knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I couldn't describe it or explain it, but I knew what I was doing and I do it very specifically, right? And after five years, I finally worked out how to call that a class, right? But along the way, people would say, you know, because I get that, you know, stop giving it away or people won't pay for it. Well, in my head, I've got nothing to pay for just yet, so it's fine, (laughs) give it away. Um, But I would say this to people all the time. I said, like, I do it and I still do it this way. Yes, I like the cash and I want to do everything that money has to offer. But um, I do it because I want 10,000 people at my funeral. Now, to get 10,000 people (laughs) at your funeral, you have to have helped more than 10,000 people, right? Yes. And and I still say it, you know, it's gonna it's a big event. We're gonna hire a football stadium. It's gonna go on for four days. It's gonna be live bands. Might have to sell a hundred dollars per person per ticket. Um, it'll cost over a million dollars. I'm gonna miss it by a couple of days. Like, I'm not gonna be You'll Might be watching a over. A practice one. Maybe I'll practice one a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, you know, and sort of kick that off. But um, but I want ten thousand people at my funeral. And the thing is, you can't get ten thousand at a funeral unless you've changed more than yes. that in lives. Yes. Because I want them to turn up and say the world has become a worse place for the passing of this woman. And so as horribly selfish as it is, it's completely um, unselfish in that you have to have given something to someone for them to yes. turn around and say it in the first yeah. place. Yeah. For, for, so for, that's, yeah. For me, it is the, that enrichment and that abundance. No, no yeah. um, amount of dollar sign can buy that. Yeah. 
and it yes. is the it uh, it doesn't matter how you feel in the morning yes. um if that you get up and you you go and do what it is you love yes. because it's it like is what you love and and that you would do it whether you're paid or not uh because you yes. like the, you like the impact and you're, you're not doing it for accolation you no, know this is a hobby I, I, I do this. I get paid well for a hobby. Because, right. Well, no, um, it's certainly when not I a hobby for it, me, uh, but, uh, but probably in the wallet, why it looks like one. But the the whole point of here is, I have absolutely no idea when this is out in the air, who's going to listen, how they're going to listen, where they're going to listen, what impact any of it's going to have on them. And the thing is, when you let go of those reins and you put it out authentically, you put it out with the passion, you put it out with the right energy. Whoever does pick it up is tapping into that energy yeah. what they get out of it you may never know and yeah. that's okay because yeah. somewhere along the line i know it's been somebody, somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody got it somebody got it somebody somebody from it now from that there been others are benefiting from them and that's yeah. the thing is that is is sometimes we've just got to look at it is what it is and i am what i am and the impact that I'm having is just something I'm generally sending out with all the shows yeah. that I do. And it will benefit those who are ready to be benefited from it. But I think yeah. it's like, I'm enriched by it. I'm abundant by it. I have found something well, in my 68 years that means something to me that gets me up even when I'm in pain, even when I'm not feeling well, to get up and do. And that is what I'm selling. Who learns the most from anything? is the teacher the teacher yes oh my god and 11 years always so you want to be good at some teach it because you're going to get more you know when i say it's a hobby like for me it's a hobby the reason i say that is i treat it like a hobby Mm -hmm. because i treat it like a hobby like i actually can't live without doing this and i've tried this for a whole week between christmas and new year's right (laughs) um but i treat this like a hobby if i was if i was people ask me you know well where's your self-care when do you have some downtime if I was teaching selling 10 hours every day for the yeah. rest of my life, I don't believe that it's enough time. Mm. And between Christmas and New Year's, you know, like a couple of years ago, I went to have a week off between Christmas and New Year's. And I went about the week and, you know, was doing, you know, Santa came and, you know, we had lunch and all this other stuff, you know. I had a wonderful time. And then and I thought I was getting along quite nicely. And it was just before New Year's and it was a Friday and Simon said, is it about you today? There's something really shiny about you today. And I said, oh, I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I coached three people over America. And he goes, that's it. Yeah. You've gone days without coaching yes. anyone. And now I can see the difference. And the truth is, and that's why I I, I treat it like I'll be, I would do it anyway. Exactly. exactly. And that's right? when you know you found the right calling. My daughter just had a baby. And so for two weeks I was just in charge of the other child, other baby, because she was in hospital a long time with him because they broke his theme by bringing him out, poor thing. So it was all kind of quite traumatic and I'm in and out of hospital. And so I'm completely on baby duty, completely my mind and everything is there. And I love being there. Um, But I I come back and I feel a little discombobulated. And, but the moment I press record, you're on. I'm on. Do you know exactly where you're at, right? And it's like, yeah, but mom, you don't have to do that. You could do it. Mm -mm -mm -mm. (laughs) I do need to do this. This is, this is what keeps my soul head, happy. Right? This is what this makes is my heart actually, pump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you enjoy it, it's not work. So no. There's this fantastic movie. It's got Jennifer Garner is the main actress and Timothy Oliphant is the other guy. And it's called Catch and Release. And every now and then you can find it on Netflix. Right, right? yeah. 
And the first time I watched it, so much did I fall in love with this movie. There's this one scene where she doesn't like Timothy Oliphant. He's the best friend of the guy that died, right? Right, And yes. um, And anyhow, for whatever reason, he has a camera, he's taking a picture, and he, he sees her in a frame. So he goes up and starts chatting to her. And they start walking around. It's in Colorado, and they start walking around some national park or, you know, across a stream or whatever. And he's taking pictures, and he said, you know, I used to take pictures all the time. And she said, um, why did you stop? And he said, I started getting paid for it. It's all uh-huh. the fun out of it, right? Yes. So when they break it down, the reason the fun was out of it for the payment was because when people paid him money, mm-hmm. they wanted photos that they wanted him to take, not photos that he took. So yes. when he wasn't getting paid, they wanted his photos. When he started charging money, they said, can you take the photo this way? Yes. Not realising that they've just changed up the entire photography system. That they've The one the thing they're buying, they have dictated right, out of. Yes. The way yeah, he exactly. did it, right? And then yeah. they mucked it up. And so he gave it away because the fun was out of it because he wasn't doing what he wanted. He was doing what they thought they wanted. But actually what they wanted was his photos the yes. way he took them, not actually what they thought that they were. Yeah, well, this know, is why I say it's, it's no dictation from the peanut gallery, right? You know, yeah. honour the style in which the person is delivering. Yeah. Do not go and try and have it customised for you. You're either buying it because it fits you or it doesn't, right? Yeah, so, so, so significant is that line for me that I run that through business and I run that through everyone else's. So every... um. You're in charge of running it the way you want to run it. If you don't want to do it a particular way, even though the masses of people do it that way, you don't have to. You get to run it the same way, the way that it's fun for you. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's really interesting to listen to different stories as to how the sales component is disappearing from people's um, yes. business opportunity they've created for themselves. And sometimes it's just a matter of dragging it all back and going, see, but that's not the way that you should be doing it. I've had plenty of people in the past, um, particularly the first years of when I was in the Chamber of Commerce, and people would say, Missy, really love you and I love um, how your energy and excitement, but I'm worried that your excitement frightens a few people and you could actually end up with more work if you just tone down your excitement a bit. My line used to be, well, then I don't want to help those people. Exactly, because you're not on your team vibe. I I know. Yeah, I want the Uh, ones that are excited. Seven years later, I run into people from the Chamber of Commerce and they said, I'm so pleased that you never changed because I actually need help and you're exactly what I'm after. (laughs) It only took you seven years to catch up. Imagine if I had have changed, they would never have found me. I spent way too much of my life bending into a pretzel, trying to please people with what they wanted. I lost myself. I've taken this time to find myself. I'm quite happy with who I am, as Popeye says, you know. And uh, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and somebody's strong cup of black coffee. And you can take me or leave me. I'm not going to be offended, but nor am I going to change for you. (laughs) So funny. I think it's about page 19 in this book, my first book, Overcoming Obscurity, right? And they talk about um, people who like you and don't like you. And I, I, I have this line in there. I've had people call me and say, Oh my God, Misty, I'm so sorry that there's some people in the world that don't like you. I thought, how is that even possible? <laughs> but I have this thing that says, you know what? There's some people in the world that don't like me, and that's okay. Yes. And they call me and they go, what? Because my phone number's in everything, right? In case you need a hand. And they're like, what do you mean some people don't <laughs> like me? You know what? I am frightening to some people. I am yes. like a golden retriever. I mean, my line is, <laughs> if you were to describe yourself in one, word, one line, 
Yeah, my one word is this, golden retriever-esque. I like I've that, yeah. Golden retriever-esque, that's me. I am always turned on. I am always excited. I'm ready to play. My tail is wagging. Mm. I'm overexcited. Well, this is I'm why like, I used enthusiastic in the introduction there because you bring uh, that enthusiasm. Love chocolate, I'm on. <laughs> yeah, it's on, oh God, chocolate. You and chocolate, I'm glad to bring you down. Go, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, chocolate is a calming effect for me. But, um, and, you know, I think if there was a word for me and it's a word that I came across a few years ago and I loved it, it's flawsome. I'm full of flaws. Ooh. I am full of flaws. But those flaws have made me who I am and I think I'm pretty awesome. So, therefore, I'm flawsome. I love it. Who love isn't? It. Who, who hasn't it. got flaws? Awesome. Who hasn't got cracks? A, who hasn't got you know, scars, you. you know? So... It's, I, it love, makes, I love that. Flawsome. Yeah, I'm going to awesome. use that. I'm no, it's flawsome. a great word. I love the word. I've got a word for you as mm. grandmother. I've got a word for you about grandbabies. Mm-hmm. Fluffy. My word is fluffy. Plump and fluffy. You know, like the babies, the chubby <laughs> babies, their feet and their toes, they're fluffy. That's my word. When someone <laughs> first heard it, I used to describe it about Jack and his feet. They just go, what is that? It's a fluffy. It means plump and fluffy all at once. <laughs> I like that. That's I written that down. The real cuddly ones are fluffy. <laughs> I know. It's like, you know, I have a, a five-week-old grandson, and, and he is smaller than what my other grandson was born. He's still smaller. And my other grandson and I, he's, he's 25 months uh going on 26 months now and he's just ah uh, we've just got such a rapport and it's like yeah, uh, yeah. and he's, he's he's got such a beautiful drama about him but he's so sensitive um yeah. I feel that he is quite an empath in many ways but he he doesn't like to be crowded in and he loves mm -hmm. adults I think more than other kids because he's been around them during being born in COVID, you know, all these places yeah. that they could go, they, he didn't mingle with that. It's very hard for his parents. So he's in daycare so that he has a chance to mingle with other kids. But I think he actually gets on better with adults. And, and when he mimics them, it's just an absolute delight. I love it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I waited 66 years to become a grandmother and I love the role. And my daughter wants me to move closer to be there to help. And, yeah. you know, my mom said, oh, you can give up the podcast. And I go, no. No, well, if no, 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 I am that's happy to I be am. a grandparent, I'm happy to help. Let me just chop my arm off. <laughs> this this, this, this is with me that's for as crazy. long as I have a voice, as long as I can see, as long as I can hear. <laughs> I, the oldest person I've interviewed was in her 90s, and oh. she has a, her own TV show called The yeah. Pink Lady, right? And I just want to be able to go until I can't go anymore. Oh, wow. No ageism here. That's amazing. I did a training session for someone because I work very hard to become famous all over the world, right? I did a training session for someone, um, for, for a group um, uh, a week ago. And leading up to that, I had this person in the group, it was network marketing, she said, um, yeah, so um, anyhow, one of the, you know, one of the, so, so this woman, she turned around, she said, oh, my God, Missy's going to be the sales trainer. She's amazing. And I've gone, oh, who is that? And then she says the name of this woman. I'm like, yeah, I don't know who that is. And I thought, how good is that? Yes. I finally become famous. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows who I am. And I've been at an um, I've had someone call me after a networking event. They invited me to an event. There was about 300 people, women online. I couldn't make it. Um, and they came back to me and they said, and I'd only met this woman like a week earlier, right? And she said, so I was at this event. It was like 300 women there. I went into a breakout room. I did my elevator pitch and this lady turns around and she says, oh, my God, you should meet Misty Henkel. She's like the most amazing sales trainer ever. And I've gone, 
that's cool. Who was that? She tells me who else. I'm going, yeah, I don't know who that person is. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, somebody else who I don't know is telling people. And the woman gave her my contact details. I've gone, that's cool. That's you somebody who's paying attention. Right. Yep. Well, that's you, that's the ripple know. effect that you want to have. I interview people so all the time that people have referred to me. Either they've listened to my shows and they've referred someone they want me to interview or they've been on my shows and they refer yeah. someone. And and it's 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 gratifying because I know. You, I go, you know that, that what you're doing is taken, having an impact, you know? Yeah, I've gone, I'm an overnight success has taken 21 years. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is people so say to amazing. me, do I interview celebrities? And I said, I celebrate everyone I interview. Right. Yes. I have interviewed celebrities. Well, they are celebrities in their own life. But yes. I celebrate awesome. I I interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And yeah. whether they are a big celebrity or whether they're just somebody whose life should be celebrated for what they've been through. Yeah. Everybody's on the same playing field with me. Well, I'm going to put it out to you, Sarah. I'm a huge celebrity all over the world. Just not that many people know who I am. Now. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't make me less of a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, and I mentioned Ryan Reynolds a lot. You wait and see. Like one day we're going to end up, he's going to be interviewed somewhere and someone's going to turn around and say, and what about this Misty Henkel? What's the thing going with you and Misty Henkel? <laughs> exactly. Oh, this name. <laughs> yes. Mine is Trevor Noah. I really want to interview Trevor Noah. He's uh, he's somebody that has a huge impact. I can't. I would just really would love to get into some deep questions with him, most certainly. But you know, the thing is, um, people say to me, "Do do I turn people down?" Yes. If you're on the hate rhetoric, if you're on the, you know, the um, limited thinking rhetoric, no. I mm -hmm. I will touch the border as to try and understand why you think that way. But I'm certainly not going down the conspiracy line. It's got to come from your heart. You've got to come from your heart. You've yeah. got to be doing what you're doing because you love what you're doing and you love the impact, the positive impact it has on other people. And I don't care what it is that you're doing as long as other yeah. people are benefiting from it and you're doing it yeah. because it's your calling, your passion, your love. Yeah. So, and that way we get a lot of good energy coming across. So what's the best way for people to reach you then? Because you, you don't go through your site. So what is the I'm very, very best way? Easily, yep, I'm very easily found on Facebook. Okay. Misty Heckle, I'm the only one on the planet and I'm wearing a crown. So I'm really easy to find on Facebook. The secret to Facebook is when you friend someone, you have to go in through Messenger and say, I've sent you a friend request because... Think of it like LinkedIn. I'm also just as easy to find on LinkedIn. I'm wearing a crown, right? So, yes. <laughs> right? I'm wearing a crown. You can't get it wrong, right? But with LinkedIn, when you go into LinkedIn, of course, if you press the right button at the right time, right. it allows you to leave a message. The secret becomes just leave the message. I heard you on Sarah Troy's podcast. I'd like to connect. And then that allows me to connect back with you. Other than that, I'm very easily found through my website, which is mistyhankel at gmail.com. So email that's the, me. Uh, oh, so that's your me. email, mistyhankel at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Google knows who I am. All my contact details, my contact details show up everywhere. I am not shy about sending out contact details. Um, I know on my um, Google business page, someone said to me a number of years ago, they said, your home address shows up there. I said, yeah. And they said, that could be bad. And I said, see, here's the thing. I'm not so famous that I've got like a bunch <laughs> load of weirdos knocking on my door um, 
knocking on my door. I'm not that famous, right? And I said, but if I was that famous that I had a bunch lot of people knocking on my door, then clearly I'd have enough money to move, in which case <laughs> there is a problem sitting that there's an address sitting out there. I mean, I say to people all the time, if you know my address, you can send me chocolate. Right. And I'm fine with that. You can yes. send me chocolate. I'm fine with that. Send me chocolate. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. I keep putting my stuff everywhere. I have a YouTube channel. And, of course, I should have all my contact details all over my YouTube channel, which yes. is Misty Henkel. Right. And, Misty, of course, here Misty all they have to do is go to, you know, selfdiscoverywisdom.com and put in your name, yeah. Misty Henkel. Your show comes up with where to buy Same. your book, all of your links, even all of your programs and how to go yeah. directly to them. So everything is on the show page. My goal is to make sales training as easy as possible, part of the whole $25, $30 for a class. The reason is is you can just fix it this week. If it takes you more than 10 to 30 minutes to work out a sales problem that you've got, why is this not working for me? How come I'm doing this over and over? Honestly, just get it fixed. Get it yes. fixed this week, you know, for $25. Just get it fixed and then move on. Honestly, for a lot of people, it's one class with me and it's done then. Well, I mean, what you've got for me today is that I'm not going to change the donation button. However, what I, I'm going to put underneath suggested. Yeah. Right. Suggested yeah. amount. So people have invested anything from this to this and then leave it up to them in that bracket. All right. But exactly. give them a suggestion. And if yeah. it's an outright, no, I don't pay for it. I interview an awful lot of people that, no, they can't pay for it. But my God, their story has to be told. And I know who yeah. those people are and I will tell them to ignore the link anyway. But for the other people, yeah. suggested amount is this. And yeah, yeah. let them yeah. play a ball in their court, right? You know, I have um, membership with um, Mark Manson. Mark Manson, is, <coughs> he's, he's the one that wrote this book, sorry. The subtle art of um, not giving a final <laughs> <end>. right? <laughs> right? So, giving a fudge, folks. Giving a fudge. So inside of his book, so um, so mind-changing was the idea in this book, right? Here's an interesting way of looking at the world and retelling stories. But um, ultimately his overarching thing is um, life is about solving problems, not having problems solved. Yes, and it reconstructed everything on the way that mm. I did things. But inside of it, because I do like to read, I, I like to read, I read things with a salesman's brain. Like, I mean, how mm. did that work? How did that work? How did you just do that? Yeah. Anyhow, he tells a story about how he started in business, like how he ended up writing the book. But how he started in business was he wanted to work for himself. He didn't want to go into a job yet as a financial planner, I think is what he'd done at uni. And um, so he built a website and going through that. So it made me look up his website and look up things. And then I discovered I could become a member of his website, right? So it cost me like uh, $75 to become a, a member for a year. And um, ever since becoming a member, I have never read his stuff. Like I read his second book. I didn't enjoy his second book as much as the first book. Um, he was the co-author the co or the 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 sort of almost like ghostwriter with Will Smith for Will Smith's book. So I really enjoyed that and I could feel the Mark Manson side coming out. But I um, love, why I really love Will Smith. Stuff. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. So I've never really read Mark Manson's stuff since becoming a member, but I have been a member for nearly five years because my $75, I look at my $75. This goes back to the customer decides the value of what they're buying, which mm -hmm. he thinks he's selling initially that he's selling like to me would be, his newsletter to keep coming out and his stories and what it is. Me, I look at him and go, look, if the small amount that I pay you every year enables you to keep writing and helping the people that need it the most, well, my money is yes. still spent. 
Yeah. I just want to be part of the Mark Manson community where he still gets paid to help others. And I see that like in things like what you do in regards to donation, mm. pay the donation, don't pay the donation, you decide. It really yes. comes down to where am I sitting today right now? Yeah. And um, do I believe in her cause? Yes. Don't pay to speak. It's like, do I believe in your cause? Do I have the spare cash? And do I want you to keep doing this to help others? Right. And really that's where it sits and that's how we end up, well, we end up sitting on our own figures of going, I want to do this much. I really would like to do this much. I don't have this much. I can do this. I'll do this. You know, we have to toss it around in our head, but ultimately it's like how much am I prepared to pay for you to keep doing the cause that you're doing because I believe in the angle of which you're running you know right exactly and again that is you know that is up to people and I think what we've got to actually understand as you pointed out a baby's crying is you know is um paying attention is already the sales pitch we're, we're all natural born sellers but very often mm. our insecurity our ego our doubt um a lack of self-worth you know stops yeah. us from doing the selling and very often an, an indication that reason why you can't sell is that maybe you don't believe in who you are and why you're selling something and so sometimes it can reveal something a bigger picture and maybe you need to go and take care of that before you kind of think about trying to sell something because we know what we call the used car salesman as opposed mm -hmm. to yeah. the, the salesman that really, you know, oh, guys, give them a bad <laughs> rap but you know <laughs> you know thank you movies it's, it's the, yeah it's the people that don't believe in what they're selling they've just got the sales pitch down we really have got to a world now we want to feel it from you we want yeah. to believe it from you so if you are in doubt if you are insecure about selling you need to find out is it the techniques that you're using or is it something within yourself that's holding One you class back? With me. I've had I've had plenty of people book in for a coaching session to say, I know I have a sales problem, I don't know what it is. Great. I'll start them off talking from a particular angle. It only takes me five minutes to go, I can see the problem now. Right. And then we go somewhere. So you don't <laughs> yeah. have to know your sales problem. You know you have a sales problem. Exactly. If you I'm knew what it was, you, then you would know how to correct it. Half the yes, time we whisper. don't know what it is. <laughs> whisperer. I know the problem. And it's not. See, I don't fix this thing here that will fix the problem. I fix this thing back here. So this problem never existed. Yes. If I fix this thing all the way back here, like if I point this part out, this thing never existed at all. Um, and it just goes away entirely. It's a bit like back to the future. We just go back and just get the book back and give it back to like, the, you know, <laughs> 1954 and give the almanac back. And then that problem that will never exist ever again, you know. So I teach selling like a life skill. I've had plenty of people come to classes with the intention of selling in their business. And a year later, I'll call them up and say, how are you going? Well, I've done nothing with my business, but I moved house and I sold everything at a garage sale at full price. Right. It was amazing. Yeah. Exactly. So now I can buy furniture at the next place. Yeah. Right? Or, or, <laughs> yeah. say, or I got the whole family to go on a holiday that I wanted and they loved it. Yeah. Because it's just a, it's a, it's a skill to yeah. get someone to do what you want them to do. I once had a woman, she ended up, I used to run these classes where on a Tuesday night we turn up at a pub, buy yourself a drink, and for um, 20 bucks, right, I'd pick a topic and we'd do a, a sales class, right? So I'd have all these different people come in and you basically pay to play, right? You'll give $20 and then we'll run a class. Anyhow, one day she was the only one that turned up and she said, oh, well, I don't want to waste your time. I'm going, no, you can pick the topic. I mean, what's most important to you? I don't have to pick it because there'll be something to you. She said, 
how do I get people to do what I want them to do? <laughs> Isn't that the story of life? I said, the yes. first answer is this. You don't. <laughs> they will always do what they want to do. Yeah. All you can do is advertise what you want mm. and see if, and then be quiet and see if maybe they don't want to do that too. Exactly. And yeah. then it went from that there. Synergy. Right? That synergy. Right? Like, you know, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Well, like, inspiration begets invitation. <laughs> but there's certain things that stop people from doing what you want them to do yeah. or even what they want them to do. Words like this. Never ask, like, let's say you're talking at something. Let's say I'm talking here. I wouldn't say to people, if you're interested, you should listen to, um, you know, the podcast I did with Sarah. I would never say that, right? Nobody's interested until after they've heard it. Yes. So leave that out. If you want someone to come to a networking event or turn up to one of the classes you're running, never say, if the topic interests you, you should come. No, it's if the time works for you. Because yeah. what they do is they pick up their calendar, they look at it and go, actually, the time does work for me. Oh, well, I suppose I'm going there then. Mm. It doesn't matter the topic, mm -hmm. right? It only matters if the time works. If the, They can love the topic, but if the time doesn't work, they can't turn up anyway. So just find out if the time works. Another no excuses word, with a podcast. You can listen to it anytime. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right, right? So another one, um, another word is, Oh, line is what do you think? That line, what do you think, actually encourages the negative part of the brain to start thinking. Mm -hmm. So it will encourage problems to come out. So if I want to go on a family holiday, if I've picked something that I want to do, right, I'll say, I'll say, I've got this great idea for a holiday, a family holiday. I just want to know what everybody likes about the idea. Mm. And Simon will say something like, yeah, I don't think that I'm, whatever it is. Um, I may not like anything, but I'll tell you what I think about it. Yeah, not interested in thoughts at the moment, only interested in what you like. So I'll say what it is, only interested in what you like. And you'll say, yeah, well, I can tell you that I said, I know thoughts will bring problems. Mm. I'm not asking for problems on a holiday that doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. I'm asking for what does people like about it? If you like something about it, now we can look into thoughts and problems. Yeah. But if nobody likes anything about the idea that I've got, why waste well, we your time? About the problems. Yeah, exactly. Going, right? Where is our energy going? Yes, exactly. Only when we've decided, do we like anything about it? They go, great. Now, what's your thoughts about it? Now I'll yeah. pull out problems because I want to overcome those problems before we get like right into it, right? So it doesn't show up in the last minute. So that, um, tell me what you think. So if someone's looking at your quote, Tell me what you think, um, you know, what did you think about my quote? Well, I'll tell you what they thought. They thought, well, it's too high or it's too expensive or I can't do it yet or they're thinking negative stuff, not because they want to, it's just because that's what you ask them to do without realising it. So um, did you find my quote? What do you like about my quote? Well, I like that you got it to me fast. Yeah. It's a good place <laughs> to start, yeah. right? But you can also, okay. I mean, it's, the, it's your enthusiasm behind something. Yeah. Very often it yeah. may be not the quote that they quite get, but the enthusiasm around it makes them look at the quote in a different way. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. So, you know, so what energy, you know, what, what verbiage, what enthusiasm, what energy are you giving what you're saying or doing? Because that's what people pick up on. And very often yeah. it's like, I'm not hearing the words right now, but may I, can you repeat that? Because they're yeah. feeling the enthusiasm or they're feeling the upbeat and then now they want to actually pay attention to what you've just said. 
because you've set the stage of good vibrations that they want to be a part of. But we could carry yeah. on talking for hours. We have done for two. So <laughs> I told you at the beginning, yeah. you said make the point and stop talking. I'm going, you better rein me in. <laughs> well, we've got an awful lot of nuggets I'm from you here today. And it will go. <laughs> but this has been so much fun, Sarah. I've oh, fully been delighted it. to have you here. You know, Facebook and LinkedIn and, uh, and uh, again, what was your email? Because I actually don't have it up here. Here. Misty Henkel, M-I-S-T-Y, H-E-N Finelli, K-E-L at gmail.com. Very, very simple. And remember, one of the good tips today, if you're with Gmail and anything you're doing online, Google picks it up. I was wondering how my name came up everywhere and I didn't realise that. And I thought, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's okay, I can tell you this tip and then we are going to have to go. But yes. I'll tell you this tip, right? So my first book, Overcoming Obscurity, right? I've only ever sold it. I've only ever sold it. And I sell it in my signature block. So, um, and same with my first book too, but my second book as well. But I sell it in my signature block. So when I send an email to someone at the bottom of my signature block, it has, you know, Overcoming Obscurity and there's a link to buy it, Right. So that's the only place it's ever been. As a result, Google, a couple of years ago, started to create a panel on overcoming obscurity, like a knowledge panel on overcoming obscurity. And I've gone, isn't that interesting? How'd that come about? So clearly, even when those people say, you know, shouldn't use Gmail because it's not um, it's not professional. <coughs> well, we're so used to seeing people with Gmail now, it doesn't matter. Yes, no, it used to be that way, not it's anymore. not a Gmail account, maybe yeah. you're not professional because it's not Gmail. But because... Tracking back, I believe that a lot of what I get known for mm. comes from the fact because I send out emails yes. and it's all done through Gmail, Google is pulling stuff from everywhere, but it loves those that love their channels. And because I'm using, I advertise a lot of my stuff through my signature block, Google has pulled it out and thrown it front of face on um, the Google platform. There's so another Google huge tip to go out. away with. I've got all of my sites yeah. and everything on mine, my logo and everything else. And when my book comes out, it's going there. So thank you for that tip. But now, go. folks, if you want any more, you're going to have to reach <laughs> out to her. Or you're going to have to join the business at breakfast and come in and yes. listen to the other people. Just reach out to her, mistyhenkel at gmail.com, or she's on Facebook, or she's on LinkedIn, on all of the other programs YouTube. she's got, YouTube. And, of course, right here, selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just put in her name, and everything that you need to have on her is right there on her show page. And don't forget to share the show. I'm a bit advocate of podcast shows where everybody listens to the podcast, get together with a good glass of wine, and share what you got out of it. It broadens the whole aspect of everything that you've listened to and seen a different point of view. So make fun out of it as well. Have your notepad ready. And don't forget to take down all those tips that you shared here today. So thanks so much, Misty. Thank you so much. I have absolutely loved being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. Oh, pleasure, and thank you, pleasure. everybody who's listening. Everybody's in sales, folks. I don't care what business you're in. Everybody's in sales because you're <laughs> always selling yourself. You just remember, be authentic with who you are, why you're on, what you're doing, and that already will open up the doors. And don't forget to <laughs> listen to the people you're selling to. Then you know what it is that you can sell to yeah. them. So The Little Mermaid is out at the movies tomorrow. If you want people to go to the movies with you, you just need to sell it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. don't need to buy them a ticket. You just need to sell it to exactly. them. <laughs> exactly. 
and enthusiasm <laughs> definitely does help so lots of tips for you here today folks uh, as i said share it out um, have a podcast uh, party with it and uh, digest it maybe you need to re-listen to it again with notepad and pen if you didn't the first time because she shared a great deal of tips here today and don't forget $25, $35 the most, 150 for five sessions, or her books, they're all there, all affordable, and all ready to take you to that next level. So until next time, folks, bye for now.